Hello, welcome to the Film Obsessed Couple. I'm Shelly. And I'm Scott. If you're a new listener here, we really appreciate you choosing us to listen to. We also appreciate our longtime listeners. Scott and I are a married couple obsessed about movies. Scott is more analytical while I'm a little more open-minded. We are unscripted and unfiltered, which means things will get a little wild and crazy. Yes. So you better buckle up. And of course, before we dive in, uh, if you're looking for a unique gift for yourself or a loved one, check out my Etsy store, Moon Knight Crafts. Uh, link will be in the show notes. I got a lot of cool stuff that I make from macrame from anywhere from keychains to wall decor. So check me out. We are almost to the end of the year here. We're recording this on December 3rd. So mm. year is coming to an end. Yeah, and we're actually ahead. Like we've we took a long Thanksgiving break and we decided, hey, let's watch an extra movie. After this movie, the next one we do will be coming out on January 1st, which will be our two-year anniversary. It's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. So hope everybody's enjoying the holiday season. It has already started here. I went out and ran some errands yesterday, and it was absolutely insane. Yes, already. Just the beginning of December. And we, we hope everybody, if you celebrate, have a nice Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Target because, unfortunately, they're the only ones that carry this popcorn that I like to snack on. Poor and <laughs> But the lines were insane. Yeah. It was crazy. I went to Walmart and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And I knew you were going to Target. And I'm like, it's going to be insane at Target. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. So thank you, Walgreens, for not carrying that stuff anymore. I have to go all the way into town for, for to Target to get it. Maybe this podcast will get us going. Yeah. Get them back in. Thank you very in. much, Walgreens. <laughs> so yeah, today we are getting into the mood. Today we're continuing the holiday spirit with Mixed Nuts, a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't really even need to be set at Christmas. And it has nothing to do with mixed nuts. Well, if you think about it, the people in the movie are mixed nuts. Well, okay. They are pretty fucking crazy. There's a, a, a weird connection that Steve Martin makes about his dad, which really doesn't have anything to do. But it's like, my father used to say this line all the time, and he, until he was one day hit by a mixed nut truck. And... You're like, oh, well, that's where the title comes from. But if they didn't have that line in there and it was like the movie's called Mixed Nuts, you're like, okay, I get it. They're all nutty and mm. they're mixed on Christmas Eve. Okay. Yep. I just thought this, it is a crazy movie. So Mixed Nuts. Okay, sure. Um, not very funny. I didn't find it funny. I was looking at different Christmas movies to do that were considered some bad ones that we could maybe talk about. But I have been dreading this episode because I'm like, what are we going to talk about on this one? Oh, you just wait. Okay. Because I'm just like, nothing really funny happens in it. And you're just like, well, this person did something weird. It's one of those weird, like, all these people come together and they're all just wacky. And sometimes wacky things happen. Cuckoo crazy. Pretty much. <laughs> so, you know, we're not going to go... This one's going to be difficult to do because, I mean, just so much happens every now. So much happens throughout the whole thing between these people. So we can kind of give like a place setting here. We are in California in Christmas time. It mm -hmm. is Christmas Eve. And I think it would be very weird to live in California at Christmas because I, I like it when it gets colder. I think it's just because that's kind of how 
that's all we know is, yeah. is the seasons. And I couldn't imagine like living in Florida or California where it's, you know, warm a lot of the times. And like if it gets down to 60, then it's freezing for them. Yeah, it would be very weird. Uh, maybe it does get a little cooler because everybody's wearing... Wait a second, doesn't it snow in this movie? Or am I just remembering wrong at the very end? Does it snow? Oh, shit. Huh? I just Googled it. It said there are some areas in California that do get snow. All right. Okay, well, California. Well, bad. fuck me. It threw me off because at the beginning, Steve Martin's riding a bike on the beach. Yeah. And people are like on the beach and everything. I was like, oh, doesn't seem like you have any hol- or seasons. They're during- right by the boardwalk. Yeah, it's a little strange. And now I thought that this movie was older than it was because Steve Martin has kind of like blonde hair in this. It's like a brownish. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, this is before he went gray. But I was like, wait a minute. I've seen movies in the 80s where he was gray. He's dying that hair. <laughs> Throwing me off. Yeah, it's off-putting to see him with actual hair color. Yeah, he looks so much better with gray hair. I know. He used to be on the Smothers Brothers show back in the 70s or 80s, 70s, I think. Maybe even the 60s. But he had, you see him at some point with like dark colored hair. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. That is weird as hell. And I shouldn't say gray. It's white. I mean, I think that's a different, it's completely different. Yeah. Which I was always like, man, if I go gray or white, hope in my, I think it would be cool to go gray or white in my youth. Oh, yeah? I don't know. It gives you some character and stuff. If I ever make a character in like an RPG game, I always give my character like white hair. Oh. Makes it look wise. <laughs> You're so wise. But then that one time we were in the car and you were like, you've got a patch of white hairs back here. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah. Like just like a, a weird patch of white hair. I'm a hypocrite with my hair. I'm. For all my life, I was like, if I ever start to see my hair go, I'm going to shave it. And then I think my hair is going at the top a little bit. And I'm like, please, God, no. <laughs> um, so in the characters in this movie, Steve Martin, mm. uh, he, I was telling you about this, kind of like something we should talk about here. Now, when you think of Christmas, what do you think of? Like, what comes to mind? Like, first thing. Family. Family, right? Family. Christmas trees, some presents, food, mm. all of that. Mm-hmm. This movie is like, let's, this movie is like, it's a Christmas movie, so it's got to be set at a suicide hotline. <laughs> I mean, suicide hotline. Woo, Christmas. Which is so strange. I was reading the, the like, summary of the movie a little bit before we watched it, and it was like, Steve Martin and his fi- and his friends work at a suicide hotline. Like, what the fuck? The only thing I can think of is that sometimes holidays can be super stressful and sad if you don't have a family. Right. But the people who are calling into this suicide hotline don't seem to be super like the people you would think. No, they're just as nutty as everybody else. Well, th- there was one woman who Madeline Kahn is talking to later and they're like talking about her husband and... Like, I don't know, if you you think that a person calling into a suicide hotline would be in a pretty dark place, and none of these people that are talking to on the phone seem to be, they're just kind of like, oh, my husband, he gets on my nerves. There's one guy that shot himself. Yeah, you know. They do get that right, I guess. He he was, and it's so funny because it kind of takes you back to the time of when this was, because when they're talking, um, 
people are calling in from pay phones mm-hmm. and then there's this static and I totally forgot because they're like, oh, click the receiver. Right. Click it, click it. And I totally, because I grew up in this era, totally forgot that that was a thing. Now, I was going to ask and I was tr- I forgot to look it up, but that is a real thing. I thought it would just hang up if you did that. Nope. If you do it real quick. Mm. It does not hang up. Yeah, because what we're referencing here is that they have bad connections in their apartment, which this suicide hotline is out of Steve Martin's apartment, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he really has a passion. I, I mean, I get it if you want to help people, but he doesn't seem to be like that passionate about it. It's a non-for-profit that makes zero profit. Which you think you could get, like, wouldn't they be able to get loans or something from the government if they're doing that? They should be able to get government assistance. That's why a lot of people do non-for-profit. But basically what we were referring to is that, yeah, Steve Martin and Madeline Kahn and Rita Wilson are the three people who work at this suicide hotline. And, yeah, they at the beginning, Madeline Kahn and Rita Wilson are talking to different people. And they're like, oh, you got static? Click the line. Mm-hmm. Which, how do you do that on a payphone? I guess you got to be quick. I've never... I don't I've never know. actually had to do it except for the, the rotary phone. Yeah, my parents had a rotary phone, which I've seen videos where younger people don't know what a rotary phone is. Yeah. But we've had we had one in our kitchen. Yeah, I've used one before. It, it's and it this movie does start out where Juliet Lewis is trying to use a rotary phone and she's frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it is very frustrating. Because sometimes you have to it like especially if it's like an eight or a nine, you gotta really rip that around. Everybody's finger was like super strong. Well, it makes me <laughs> strong ass <laughs> fingers. It made me laugh because like comedians now are making jokes about that. Like Chris Rock had a joke where he's like, "Oh, if we had to have the patience to do it. If you wanted to call, you'd be like da 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 five, da 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 three. It's like, yeah, that's that's how they worked. I mean, nine one one, you might as well just you know give up. Well, that's easy. It's nine, you know, nine, and then you do the did it, Okay. So that one's a little easy, but the nine, God, it's just bringing me back. I remember we had like a chalkboard next to that rotary phone, which it's still there. Is it still there? The chalkboard is still there. I was about to ask. This shows you how perceptive I am, but the rotary phone is not there, right? In their house, my parents. I can't. I don't remember that. Yeah, I I can't remember, but. I don't think they have a home phone or home phone line anymore. But yes, the chalkboard with all the phone numbers. I wish I could remember my mom's work number because I used to remember that off the top of my head if I would call her after school. Oh, wow. But uh, all this to say is that, yes, this takes place in the 90s and they're on, you know, rotary phones and tapping the line for static. Just tap it in. She's like, I can't handle it. Uh, The guy with the gun you're talking about is comedian Stephen Wright. He's like he has a really deadpan sense of humor. Like he's like, I'm going to kill myself now. She's like, I, I you've got static. Can you please click the line? And he's on a payphone. I don't know how that happens, but uh, you know she's telling him to click it, and you hear gunshot, and you're like, well, that's hilarious. That man just killed himself. Yeah, and it was so quick that, I mean, you didn't have time to even get the comedy out of it. No, it was just like, and it moved on so fast. I was just kind of like, what? Okay. Yeah, and it's dark. You're like, that man took his life. Or it could be like, oh, he dropped the gun. He shot himself in the leg or something. Yeah. Trying to click the line. How how about that? How about somebody didn't take their life on Christmas Eve? That would have been funnier. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, well, oh, that's dark. Oh, we're moving on already. Okay. And I- she's like, hmm, he hung up. And Steve Martin's like, well, if they're in distress, they'll call back. And they wait for a second. And he's like, 
He's not in distress. <laughs> He's fine. He doesn't feel anything anymore. Everything's fine. Yeah, Juliette Lewis, she is in the movie as well, and she is in a relationship with Anthony LaPaglia, who is Australian. Did you notice if his accent slipped in this a lot? No. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah, he's playing Santa Claus, basically. For some reason, he is dressed as Santa in the whole thing. Some nasty, drunk Santa-looking guy. Yeah, we're introduced to him running into two skaters who are, have a tree, which is... Parker Posey and John Stewart, they both are pretty famous. Mm-hmm. It's weird. They've got all these people in this movie who want to work with Nora Ephron because the movie she did before this was when she was nominated for an Oscar for, which was Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, wow. And they're like, I'm going to follow it up with this farce at Christmas called Mixed Nuts. Yeah. They probably should have read it first. Yeah. Well, how do you read this movie and be like, this is hilarious. I want to be a part of it. I There's no way. I know, it's like, this movie is set at Christmas, and you work at a suicide hotline. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this. Yeah, I was reading through my notes, and I'm like, this is just wild. Because they even talk about a murderer. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that. There's a background of a strangler. But uh, Anthony the Paglia is Santa. He's getting, They're always fighting together, Juliette Lewis and him, and... He runs through a Christmas tree that the skaters have and they get into an argument and they just leave this tree they paid for because Steve Martin gets it and takes it. Yeah, they said it was ruined, which I don't know. How? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the big plot of the movie that sets it off is that they are about to be evicted from the apartment that they run the suicide hotline from. Yep, because they haven't paid their rent. Yeah, Gary Shandling, I think he, he needs $5,000, a nice round number, which you think, if someone gave me that gave me that number, I'd be like, are you shaking me down? Yeah. Did you round up? Because that's not fair. Yeah. No, I round down. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> which I, I just would love to hear, but like, can you run a suicide hotline out of your own home? Mm-hmm. I guess you could. I mean, I got, if you got like a business license and shit, maybe. I guess. It's just I've never seen something like this before. I would think that there would be a lot of um, credentialing you may need. You can't just have anybody willy-nilly answering the phone. I know. You definitely want better people than are working here now. Mm -hmm. But Gary Shandling, he is the owner of this apartment complex, I guess, and he is going to kick them out January 1st, our anniversary. Mm -hmm. said after the new year. And that's it. Steve Martin's freaking out. And he seemed to be going around to a lot of places. Like, he's like, oh, it's the holiday season. I'm going to really fuck things up. Yeah, he's like a bad landlord, I guess. It's like the Scrooge. Well, we'll find out why he's a bad landlord in the in a, the future here. Absolutely. Stay tuned after this break. <laughs> do, 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 do. And we're back. <laughs> um. Uh, something to hint about Gary Shandling is he does keep asking. He's like, "You ever, you ever heard someone in the weird ways that they kill themselves? Did they, they ever kill themselves with like a spike?" And he's always Jeez. asking like these weird things, and you're like, "That's weird. I wonder if that's gonna come back up at the end." Hmm. So Steve Martin doesn't want to tell anybody that they are getting evicted. No, I mean the best thing to do in a situation like that is just don't tell anybody, unless you know you call your girlfriend. I did not get that this was his girlfriend. 
Steve Martin calls the bank, and a woman answers, and he's like, oh, I need a loan for $5,000, and the lady's like, I talked to my psychiatrist, and they say that we shouldn't see each other anymore, which I'm like, the bank person is seeing a psychiatrist about a or about a customer that's calling in? <laughs> or I thought, well, maybe she's just venting. Yeah. I, I didn't get it until the end. Where she shows up. Where well, no, it, where she breaks up with him on the on the phone. Oh, in this scene, so I'm I like, see. Oh, she must be a girlfriend. Which later we actually end up finding out she's a fiance. Well, yeah, Rita Wilson, and and this isn't very well done because Steve Martin's all depressed, and Rita Wilson's like, "Cheer up, you're getting married in four months." Now I'm like, wait, what? Who? And I was just like, oh, I wonder if we're gonna meet his girlfriend later. I didn't put it together that this woman at the bank was his girlfriend. Mm. Uh, write in if you think I'm an idiot for that. No. <laughs> I was just like, why is she breaking up with her customer like this? This is strange. Not at all. I mean, maybe she knew that he had a suicide hotline and she was just venting about her problems. Yeah, they met on a suicide hotline. But <laughs> He broke the rules. She was like, I'm lonely. And he's like, come on over. <laughs> well, you know, he, he breaks those rules. Yeah, for sure. And... Another weird thing about this suicide hotline is that they keep like a billboard of how many people they've saved. Oh, yeah. So every time they have like a successful call, which what relegates a successful call, they click it and be like, we've saved 345 people. Yeah, it was it was 1,422. Well, thank you. I, I <laughs> no, Because <laughs> I knew that was going to make a big difference. So I typed it out. Thank you for fact checking me. There. You, you bet. I got you. So there's one thing that I, I thought was interesting is that. Oh, who's Mushnik? Miss Mushnik? Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. Steve Martin gives her a fruitcake. Yeah. And she's all like, well, this looks a lot like the one I gave you last year. Hmm. Why would you hold on to that and give it to another person unless you were my grandma? I <laughs> well, it brought me to a question. Have you ever re-gifted anything? Not that Christmas? I'm aware of. Yeah. No, not that I can think of. Uh, the joke behind that thing, I just the story behind that joke is that one year when Shelly and I were at my uncle's house, where we all used to gather, and my grandma, we were doing, was it a white Santa or they just give it to us? Oh, they just gave it to gave us. Gave it to us. Yeah. It was like, oh, from mom and papa to Shelly and Scott. And we open it up and it's a knife, like kitchen set. Mm. And we're like, oh, okay, very nice. And we open up the box a little bit and there's like dead bugs inside of it. Yeah. And they're like, uh, I guess she must have had this for some time and just pulled it out of the closet. They, they had it or they bought it at some store. Garage sale probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. Well, my grandma was very into garage sales. I remember she embarrassed the hell out of my mom because when I used to go to middle school, it was there was some hoity-toity kind of more richer people there. Mm. And my grandma would came to like a little basketball game I was in and this woman... Well, richer woman was like I love your sweatshirt where did you get it and mom's like great I got it at a garage sale for 25 cents <laughs> my mom's like oh my god I love that which there's nothing wrong with that no but my mom just knew that these people were gonna be like oh poor oh no maybe it is a poor quote-unquote thing but um I was always like whenever I got a good deal I'm like man if somebody comments on this I'm gonna be like I got this for a dollar man yeah this is awesome yeah <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't know, my mom, you know, she never listen to this, didn't really get along with my grandma or, yeah. or was embarrassed by her, which 
you know, you just have to be there to understand. I can get that. Uh, okay. Most of the stories my grandmother told were not true as she got older. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with finding it for 25 cents, but she would always do that. Be like, oh, wow. I got these jeans for 50 cents. <laughs> yeah, she would always have something she found in a garage sale. That's adorable. So we do keep getting introduced to the Seaside Strangler. A person calls in on the suicide hotline to Madeline Kahn saying she's scared that she's going to get strangled by the Seaside Strangler. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why you'd call into a suicide hotline about that. That is a very good point. You think it'd be like, this isn't a self-help line, click. I did not get that while watching the movie. I was just like, okay, well, maybe they're scared calling somebody, but... Yeah. Does that mean you might kill yourself? I don't know. You Madeline... think you're going to get killed? I don't know. Madeline Kahn is like, oh, are you, do you have short hair? She's like, no. Do you have dark hair? She's like, no. She's like, you're not the stranglers type. You'll be fine. And then she's like, are you attractive? Because it goes for attractive, like yeah. short or long hair. I don't remember the type. Short, yeah. Uh, and the, the, I don't remember if the lady was like, no or whatever, but she's like, oh, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, which is another thing is like, so we're here at a suicide hotline. There is a threat of a murderer out there on the streets. You know, if this this could take a turn from a comedy to a to a thriller at this point. Yeah, it, it's very weird, and and I don't really understand the whole seaside strangler thing, except maybe it adds a little bit of comedy, and it is a reason for the ending of the movie. I think it only exists for the ending. Okay. Maybe in France it was like, oh, oh, oh it's so funny. It's Christmas. There's a killer around. How hilarious. <laughs> life is life. They have a weird sense of humor. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, we do get Anthony LaPaglia and Juliette Lewis again. He comes back and she has a gun in her hand, which I'm assuming she worried about the strangler. She just freaked mm-hmm. out. Maybe. But he has this whole thing. Julia Lewis is pregnant with their kid, and Anthony LaPaglia is like, I have an idea. He's like, I know how we're going to have our baby for free. <laughs> he has no accent in it. But he's like, we're so broke, they give out loans for this or whatever, and she doesn't think that it'll work. No, it was, it was almost like a coupon for having a baby. And he's like, we'll have the baby for free, my love. Crockett! Like, we just have to say that we're poor as fuck, and we get it for free. Yeah, which, that'd be nice. Okay. Maybe they don't do that anymore, but they talk about this weird meetup, how they first met, and she's like, oh, a stranger came up to me and told me I should smile more, and I was like, shut up! (laughs) And you were like, oh, Crockett, I love that lady. (laughs) She's a spitfire, I like her. They're super broke. He's like, I paint on walls! He's like, I like to paint walls. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait. I like to paint walls. What the hell? He's trying American accent. <laughs> okay. And he's like, there's nothing to paint at this moment, which you would think there'd be it's a lot Christmas. to paint. There's a shit ton. You can paint, like, uh, windows of businesses, little Christmas shit. Yeah, my cousin painted the wall of a coffee shop at one time. I think it's still up. It is. You just, I'm sure you could find places. And if you can't find walls to paint, if you can paint it all, I'm sure you can do something with that. Yeah, like maybe put it on canvas. Portraits. 
paint a paint a Christmas portraits for people. Yeah. Get on the boardwalk and be like, hey, start panhandling. Be like, I'll paint your portrait and you know get the money first. Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal. Yep. And then you paint whatever. <laughs> money up first, and then I do whatever you want. Yeah. I do whatever I want. <laughs> Uh, Madeline Kahn leaves, you know, this is the point where she gets the fruitcake and she's pissed off. She's got to go to her ex, she's got to go to her dead husband's sister's Christmas party. Yes, that Did everybody is get that? to be funny. <laughs> I guess. Uh, she always keeps saying it that way. She's like, I've got to go to my dead husband's sister's Christmas party. I got to write that down. I got to, because it'd be like, it's like Spaceballs where he's like, I'm your father's brother's sister's husband's cousin's <laughs> former roommate. <laughs> Like, well, what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> My dead husband's sister's Christmas party. That's just so weird. And even Rita Wilson says that too, like back to her. It's it's never like her sister-in-law. It's dead husband's yeah, sister. Just so the audience knows, oh, she her husband has died at some point. Yeah. She goes down this old-timey type elevator they've got in the middle of this apartment, and it wouldn't you know it, it stops. Oh, man. Who would have known that was going to happen? You Maybe in this movie, because it, you know, it's a wacky, wild adventure. It did happen. But we get another character introduced here, which is Adam Sandler. What? Who's a, that? <laughs> a young Adam Sandler lives downstairs. He's always playing like a little ukulele, and he's doing his, like, Adam Sandler type voice. Madeline Kahn's like, please help me. He's like, jingle bears, jingle bears, jingle all the way. I'm pretty sure he sings this whole, I don't know that he ever talks. Maybe like here and there, but most of it he's singing. He's like, oh, I got to love you. <laughs> jingle bears all the way. <laughs> wonder, I wonder if this is the start of that. Or, well, it probably already happened, and they're like, oh, do your funny Adam Sandler bit. Yeah. I, let me look at this up here. When did this come out? 99. So this movie came out in 94, and Sandler was on SNL starting in 1990. So he's okay. pretty popular at the time. And I remember listening to his songs, and, and they, they were very hilarious. Yeah. I I used to listen to that. My friend had the one of his albums, and I would always listen to that. It was so funny. Yeah. Um. There was one with this old man asking people. He's playing tapes. He's like, now you tell me if it's a person having sex or working out. And he'd play the tape and he'd be like, oh, we are definitely fucking. (laughs) Like, there are no dumbbells in here. And they're like, that's obviously someone having sex. Like, nope, sorry, someone doing squats. (laughs) So I love that. But And there's the billy goat, too. But, um... Yeah, he plays. He's downstairs. He doesn't see Madeline Kahn, so she opens up one of her Christmas presents, and it's got like a little toy trumpet in it, and she starts playing it. You would think that would wake up the whole building. I don't know. It's just screaming in general would wake up the building. You would think. Yeah. So Steve Martin takes over for a minute, working the hotline, and you would think if it is a suicide hotline like this, that it would be going off quite a bit more. But they've got like thirty minutes in between calls. Sometimes it seems like. Yeah. Nice. I hate to say it, but on Christmas Eve, you think it would be pretty busy. Yes. Especially on Christmas Eve, because, you know, if you don't have a family. Yeah. And there's nothing to celebrate. I know, yeah. But but not on not in California, apparently, because they are not that busy. They're like, it's Christmas. It's going to slow down. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not a popular place or anything that has a lot of people. Yeah, well, well, Steve Martin takes over, and he does this weird thing where he documents the phone call when it starts ringing. Yeah. And he'll, like, 3.25 p.m. phone call, and this phone is ringing, and he answers it on, like, the sixth ring. <laughs> and he does that every single time, but it's a person who is sad, and they want to come over. They're like, can I come over? And he's like, no. Yeah, that's against the rules. I can't tell you our address. Yeah, and this person starts pressuring Steve Martin, and he's eventually like, okay, fine, come over. And Rita Wilson's like, the fuck did you just do? No, I felt like she was happy. Really? I thought, because she kept mentioning it to him before. She's like, you broke the rule. You're not supposed to let anyone come over. Okay, well, yeah, there's that too. But we see this person, and it is actor Lee Schreiber in his first role, and he's playing a woman. Yes. And I thought he did amazing. Yeah, you were like, oh, he looks good as a woman. He does. He was very attractive. He's very good. I, I like him in a lot of stuff that he's done. Yeah. I, I liked him in this movie. Um, it was still an awful movie, but I thought he did good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was in um, that show Ray Donovan, which I saw the first season and thought was good, but I never followed up on it. His family in this can burn in hell, though. Yeah. I, I guess it's supposed to be kind of a burn or a dig at him because he's leaving and all of his family's like in the living room of this apartment and they're like hey Arnold Schwarzenegger where you going mm. which how is that a burn I be like oh you think that I'm jacked and I'm super buff well thank you very much I guess I don't know but I, I know they meant it in a derogatory way so I was mad yeah well it's supposed to be derogatory but if you think about it I'm just like I don't I don't get that me neither Back at the suicide hotline, and this guy's like, oh, I have, I only have so many months to live. I've got leukemia. Can I please talk to a woman? Yeah. And Rita Wilson's like, hello. And he's like, yeah, baby, I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to stick it to you. <laughs> I'm going to fucking torture you. And this lady's got problems. Everybody in this movie does, but yes, she does. She cannot handle it. Like, she starts jumping around and has her ears plugged her fingers in her ears like a kid yeah and i'm just like wow and and it does talk about how she still lives at home with her mom and you mm-hmm. know and i'm like okay she has no life experience and she's like what mid-30s 30s yeah for sure well she starts crying because uh well first off madeline Kahn is talking to a woman earlier and she's like oh at least, you know, I'm sorry that you're feeling so sad this year, but at least you don't live at home with your mother. And Rita Wilson's like, oh, my God. Yeah. She's depressed herself. Yeah, because she's talking to a lady a little bit ago, and the lady's like, I got so sad because I was standing in the checkout line, and it was for 10 items or less. And I all, I realized I'll always be in the 10 items or less line my whole life. And she's like, oh, I'm so sad. Me too. Okay. You know, I remember those aisles, and I would stop. And count how many. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would be like, wait, does that count as one or two items? Really putting a lot of thought into I, it? Yeah. You know, I overthink things. Um, <laughs> so this is like one of those moments where it's just like, why? Why is it such a big deal? Yeah. But if you get in that line and you have more than 10 items, there are people giving you the stink eye. Yeah, I know. And I mean, like, why would you? Okay, say you're like a couple items over. Why would you give somebody shit for that? I don't know. I'm glad they don't exist anymore. Yeah, which 
you know, if somebody has like a whole cart and they're in the 10 items or less line and is holding everything up, you know, I might get a little mad. Yes. That person deserves a stink eye. I was getting frustrated when I was out and about yesterday because I the lines at Target were so long and the line that I got into didn't have very many people in it. But the guy that was doing the checkout had one arm in a sling. Oh, no. So he was like, eh, eh. And I was like, why did I get in this line? And there was people at the front and this guy kept complaining about something with his receipt. And I'm just like, oh, get the fuck no. out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I say those those aisles don't exist, but they could still. They I might. Just, I just haven't seen any because I don't like to go shopping anymore. Yeah, if I do go into shopping, I do self-checkout. Mm-hmm. Which is something that the old people will be like, I don't get paid to check myself out. Yes, which is true. I get that. But I also like them because they are faster. This friend of my parents that I don't have on Facebook anymore because he's a weird piece of shit, but... He would always post that, and they were like, oh, well, the self-checkout line's open. He's like, you're going to pay me for it? Oh, I'm like, mm. I love self-checkout. Yeah. It is so quick, and Kohl's, they have self-checkouts now, and I'm like, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> thank God I can get out so easy now. Even the Dollar General has self-checkout. Yeah, because I'm an introvert. You are, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really have to make much talk conversation with people if you're checking out, but... It's nice to just do it myself. Yeah. Get out. There are those people that check you out and they want to have a conversation. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not here for that. I know. And that's the interactions that they get. But I'm just not that type of person. Mm-mm. Where they're like, oh, you know, my daughter was here the other day. I'm like, that's great. I understand. I'm just not that type. That's why I dread haircuts. I don't like getting my haircut because I'm like, I'm going to have to talk to this person. You're like, what do I talk about? Which I did just get my hair cut recently. Mm-hmm. The lady was very lovely. She didn't talk to me a whole lot. But we did end up having like a little conversation. Told her about the podcast. So, hey, girl. <laughs> if you're listening. Hey. Yeah, I went to a barbershop here in town where we live. The guy was, I mean, the haircut was all right. It ended up not being happy with it because it was like square. It yeah, was like it was bad. Up and flat. And I was like, oh, he didn't like round it. But It was a flat top. He was talking a lot. And I'm just I was trying to talk and but but again that kind of stuff gives me anxiety if you want to know what kind of person i am mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to talk to the person yep this is how bad the movie is we have to go on squ- squirrel moments here yeah and talk about anything but this fucking movie i know it's it's dumb well well we get the title of the movie here because this is when he tells the story where he's like oh life has a bunch of potholes in it but if you range rearrange potholes it spells i hope it. Yeah, if you rearrange the letters and take some out, it spells hope. And she's like, oh, you say that all the time. And he's like, my dad said that to me all the time, right before he was hit by a truck full of mixed nuts. Oh, my gosh. Looked at the camera when he said that. Like, he he had this long explanation, though, of this pothole. Yeah. Like, rearrange and take this letter out and all that. And I'm like, you know what? If you add an E and rearrange the letters, it be evil. You get believe. Whoa. Whoa. Or sipping coffee, you get pissed off. <laughs> nice. I uh, may have looked that up. Before. Yeah, I was like, oh, you did some research. I did a little. Uh, Simpsons <laughs> fans, if you remember the episode where Lisa has the rival, um, her dad does anagrams with his daughter, and he's like, uh, Alec Guinness. She's like, genuine class. And he's like, great. That's where he rearranged the letters. Yeah, yeah. And he does to Lisa. He's like, Jeremy Irons. And she's like, Jeremy Irons. <laughs> 
be me. I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, good try, Lisa. Here's a here's a ball. How about you just go bounce it? <laughs> I have to Google this shit. Um, this dog walker comes in and he's like, hey, you got this lady down stuck in the elevator. And he's like, I hope she dies in there pretty much. Oh, yeah. Which I agreed with him on this because she reported one of his dogs to the owner of the apartments. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if these dogs were attacking people. They seem very nice. Yeah, they were nice. But I just got the sense that she's being a jerk. So, you know, I have a big problem with people who are like, report animals for no reason. No. Yeah, same here. Now, some kind of need to be reported, even though I love animals. Uh, yeah. It's almost like the owners need to be reported. For sure. Yeah. Now, if if the animals are being crazy, yes, but... Please don't call the cops on them because I think cops have the, the the higher rate of shooting the animals than, mm-hmm. than trying to get it under control. Yep, exactly. So anyway, that's why I was like, she did what? She called the, she reported him for his dog? Yeah, fuck her. Yeah, fuck off, lady. Um, They're trying to get her out. Steve Martin does this weird thing where he like gets in the top of the elevator and mm-hmm. is trying to get her out from the top. I mean, I get why, but it's so stupid. I mean, I don't, I don't get it, but. Yeah. he Well, he's like pulling her out like diehard style from the top of the elevator and. Yeah, Julie... he does not seem like a, um, a strong man. <laughs> he's Steve Martin, yeah. <laughs> he is not a strong man. Yeah, well, uh, maybe Madeline Kahn's not very big or very, you know, she's a smaller woman, but. He's pulling her out, and this is where Juliette Lewis gets pissed off at Anthony LaPaglia, so she runs into the apartment, gets in the elevator, and goes up. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know if we said it, but while they're getting her out, the elevator goes down to the floor, finally gets unstuck, and he's left holding Madeline Kahn in the shaft. And she's just dangling there. And, and Rita Wilson's like, do you have any last words that you want to tell your girlfriend fiance lady that works at the bank yeah he's like she broke up with me and you were talking about how crazy rita wilson is she does this weird little happy dance when she hears that she's like (laughs) like, this woman's crazy just i mean i'm i feel like i'm pretty juvenile a lot yeah um but this was like a different level this was like you have never been exposed to anything yeah for sure, yeah, and this elevator is going up with Martin and Madeline Kahn on it, and they think they're about to be crushed at the top, but mm. you know it stops. They're fine. Wouldn't you know it? It's a comedy, not well. You would think you'd be like, well, there's a strangler, and they work at a suicide hotline. We could be about to see these people's brains get smashed. This whole thing talks about death, but then they're like, ha ha, they're not dying. Not these people. Uh uh-uh. uh. So. They all rush into the apartment, and Anthony LaPaglia and Juliette Lewis are arguing about the baby, and Madeline Kahn is like, I've got to pee so bad! <laughs> she runs into the bathroom, and Anthony LaPaglia lets out a little bit of information here. He's like, I just got out of jail, and I'm trying to set things right. Oh my gosh. And Madeline Kahn, for some reason, is like, oh, got out of jail? Are you sure the baby's yours? And he's like, what? What did you just say? (laughs) My English Australian. I mean, what did you just say? (laughs) I always love their, I love accents when the people are American and they try to do it. Like, 
you know, it always sounds a little weird. I don't know. I think some people that, like, especially the um, British, I think their English accents are amazing. They can be, yeah. Like uh, Doctor Strange, you know, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is English, is British, and when he does Doctor Strange, it's just, it's kind of like a Batman type voice. He's like, "Hello, Peter." Yeah. That like that's how it it we work, or they do like new, just New York accents. They don't really do kind of accents like ours, where there's not one. Oh, true. They have to find something that has like a something to it. From New York. That makes sense. They're like, how do I do an accent where there's nothing about it that I could latch on to? Oh, sometimes we get a little Southern. Yeah. Well, Mel Gibson, in the first few Lethal Weapons, his Australian accent, when he had it at the time, was coming through. Mm. There, I watched a little clip from Lethal Weapon 3 where he's like, All right, everyone, these bullets <laughs> are shooting these vests, so everyone be careful out there. <laughs> like, Mel, Mel, your, your accent. <laughs> it's slipping, it's slipping. Everybody be careful out there. <laughs> uh, Anthony Paglia gets pissed off about this whole, like, is the baby his? And Juliette Lewis hits him in the face. Man. I can't remember what she hits him with, but they have to rush and take him to the doctor. Because he gets, like, conked out. And they're like, oh, my God, we got to take him to the doctor. And Madeline Kahn's like, well, I'm leaving. And they're like, you have to stay here and man the phone. She's like, fuck you. Anyway, they take him to the vet. Yeah. Well, they tell Madeline Kahn that she needs to stay here. And this is where I was like, is this... Is this 24 hours? Do they sleep? Oh, wow. I guess not. I I don't know. This day goes on forever. Yeah. Well, yes, you're right. Instead of taking him to a doctor, the ER, they decide to take Anthony LaPaglia to a vet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because a vet is totally going to treat him. And have the necessary medications and stuff to help him. Absolutely. Because that's what poor people do. They go to the vet. No, the vet is almost as expensive sometimes. Yeah, you would think so. Maybe not as expensive as a hospital. Well, you've got if you've got insurance, it wouldn't be that bad. But with a vet, if you just go there as a person. Well, the vet, you have to pay up front. Like, yeah. you have to pay that whole bill. But if you go to the hospital, fuck it, you can do whatever. For sure, right. And as they're leaving their apartment building, Adam Sandler comes out because he's like has this thing for Rita Wilson. Mm. He's like, Rita Wilson, I love you. <laughs> And she's like, that's so sweet. Thank you. And they leave. Uh, Juliette Lewis and Madeline Kahn are still at their apartment con- apartment building. And Juliette Lewis finds the eviction notice that Martin was trying to hide. And she gives it to Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn's like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> the son of a bitch. But yes, they go to the vet where Rob Reiner is working. I, I think he and Nora Ephron were good friends. Maybe that's why he's in this movie. Yeah, but- maybe. Instead of being like, I'm a fucking vet. Why did you bring a person to me? He's like, oh, yeah, bring him in. Yeah. That's so weird. And his real life wife is in this, too. You you pointed that out when you were watching it. Yeah, because Rob Reiner is like, let me tell my lady friend. And you don't really know who this lady. woman is. <laughs> it's like, let me tell her I'm going to be a few minutes. So he goes out back and he's like, I'm just going to be a few minutes. I'll come with you to the party. And she's like, fuck you. Yeah. She's like, the animals are always going to come first. I'll be like, yeah, lady. It's my job. That's what I do. I'm here. And he's like, uh, actually, it's not an animal. It's a person. Don't tell anybody because I could totally get fired for operating on a person. Yeah, I could lose my license and everything. She's like, are you working for the mafia again? She's like, speeds off to go to the cops and tell them because she wants to have them all to herself. 
Because that well, that's what they don't tell you about vets is that if you work on animals, movies will tell you that you also can work as a doctor to, you know, the mafia. Yeah, every vet, you know, has that in their pocket if they yeah. ever need some extra cash. Yeah, they're, they're just like, like call up the mafia. I just neutered a dog today, but I've got an open heart surgery for a man who got shot. Yeah, you know, it happens. I gotta remove some bullets. It's totally fine. Yeah, I can do this for sure. <laughs> They're all talking about their love lives here, and Rob Reiner tells this long story of like, oh, my my girlfriend or wife, you choose, but why do they always have to have so many pillows? You got to put the pillows in the floor at night, and then when you wake up in the morning, you got to put the pillows back on. <laughs> What's the deal? Like, Did Jerry Seinfeld write this? What is the deal? What with, is this? With pillows. Oh, man, it's like a pick your relationship movie we don't know who's what yeah i know well we get a line here from rita wilson because steve martin's like how do you know this guy and juliette lewis and she's like oh i was recommended to meet to go to an adult children's of alcoholics meeting she's like i was told that's a great place to meet men again this lady (laughs) she's got problems she kills me it reminds me of fight club which have you ever seen that Brad yes. Pitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at the beginning, he's going to all these like meetings and stuff like cancer and mm. parasite meetings just to make himself feel better. I thought about going to church one time just to meet a guy. Well, church, I would feel is a little bit different. Yeah, because, you know, you can meet a real good guy there. Yeah, no, sure. Sure. <laughs> Which we should we should go ahead and say this. A friend of mine said, oh, Shelly went to church with a guy that we know at some point in the past. And I was like, oh, how? what are the odds? How crazy is that's funny? And he goes, yeah, he thinks that you turned her off religion. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, well, she doesn't go to church anymore. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't go into the details, but I was like, let me tell you something. Church did that enough for itself. Yeah, that, that, that cracked me up so much. And this guy, I think I only talked to him like once. Yeah, he's a very weird dude. Um, And... Yeah, and, and, and I'm pretty sure before we even met, I was on the outs. When you and I first met, you weren't even going to church. Yeah, I was already out. Yeah, so it's like I had nothing to do with that. But I'm continuing to tell people that, yes, it was Scott. He turned me off of church, and I am an atheist now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before you were super religious. It is Scott's fault. You would call Christmas Christ Day. He corrupted me. Well, if we're really getting into details here, it's not my fault. It's my parents' fault. Because <laughs> they turned me off religion. They turned you off religion. That's what I'll tell them if it ever comes out. Church turned me off re- religion. It was, oh my God, I well, got stories. if we're really getting down to it, that's what it is, is church. Yeah. If you believe in God, that's great. Yeah, yeah. We, we still respect the hell out of people that believe in God, and, and if they are open-minded as well. Yeah. There are a lot of closed-minded church people, but I have some friends that are open-minded, and, you know, we get along great. I mean, I am who I am. You are who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have a problem with religion. I think it's more so how it gets interpreted and how the people use it. Absolutely. So if you are a religious person listening to this, I'm shocked. Yeah, me too. But thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. God bless. <laughs> but blesses of God. Yes, but we're not. And 
I respect what you do. Hopefully you just respect what we do. Yeah. And uh, don't leave a negative comment. Nope. And, oh, if you want, you can join our North Star cult. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, after the last episode of the Santa Claus movie, we really got into starting this cult. Mm-hmm. And we're open. I mean, we are so open, we tell you it is a cult. Yeah. We say it right off the bat. Um, no sugarcoating it. We will be drinking Kool-Aid at a predetermined time. We'll take a vote. Yeah. Whatever day works best for everybody. Because everybody has a say. <laughs> Dude, if this really takes off, we're in trouble. <laughs> They're like, well, like in Fight Club, we'll have people standing outside our doors waiting to get inside. Oh, man. I doubt it. But that would be so cool. Cool? I'd be like, oh, we're in trouble. No. I mean, not for real. I know. Antelila Paglia takes a bunch of fucking meds for the dogs or whatever, and they have to rush him to a hospital. Um, Leave Schreiber does show up at the apartment at this point. Madeline Kahn is freaked out that he's like the strangler and he's like, she's going to get murdered. She leaves and... Steve Martin comes in, and we have this whole weird thing of, like, he's kind of hitting on Steve Martin, and mm-hmm. they start dancing, which is kind of a weird moment. Yeah, it, there's nothing wrong with this, but it is weird. It's just like, why is this in the movie? Unless it's just to show that Steve Martin was uncomfortable, and then he kind of loosens up and gets comfortable. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Yeah, they start dancing, and I think Leif Schreiber has some line of like, oh, you don't think very much of me. And he's like, I tell you what, I wanted to enter a mambo contest when I was young. I don't think anybody would disrespect somebody like, like she's doing with Steve Martin, because he's obviously not into her. Yeah. But, he, but she is pushing herself on him. Yeah, not a great portrayal of transgender people. Mm-mm. I, I didn't I didn't care for this part, honestly, because it was just I think they were trying to make it funny, but it I don't know. I guess it's because of the times that we're in right now. <laughs> yeah, well back then it was probably like a man in a dress, can you imagine? Exactly. And you know, Lee Schreiber plays it very straight. Yeah. He's not like a he's not playing her as like a, a weirdo or no sexually obsessed person. It's just like, I'm a man who wants to be a woman. Deal that's, with it. That's who I am. I love it. And Leif Schreiber tosses Steve Martin here at some point, and this causes him to go overboard. And he was like, he freaks out and says something to the effect of like, Oh, I deal with freaks like you all day. Ugh. And that causes leave to leave. Yeah. And uh, Rita Wilson earlier had said that Steve Martin is great on the phone, but in real life, in his personal life, he's a disaster. And after Schreiber leaves, Martin is like, oh, I am a disaster in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And I thought Leif Schreiber was going to get murdered here because we show her walking on the streets. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, she said dark hair and short hair earlier. Yeah. I mean, they were setting it up. I mean, she's very beautiful, you know? Yeah. And and all the seaside stranglers, you know. The stuff, because, yeah, Con when Leif Schreiber shows up, she's like, I don't want to get strangled. So they keep mentioning the strangler. But no, it doesn't happen. No, we, we do get it, but we'll get it here in a bit. But Madeline Kahn is trying to leave to go to her dead husband's sister's Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. And... It, her car won't start, so she's pissed off. Rita Wilson, because I think Madeline Kahn was like, 
runs into Rita Wilson coming back with Juliette Lewis or whatnot, and she's like, oh, well, your man, Steve Martin, is up there with another woman. Yeah. And Rita Wilson's so pissed off, and she brings Adam Sandler up to the apartment to make Steve Martin jealous. She refers to to her as a scrumpet, and I'm like, oh, so so he's dancing with a biscuit? Because that's what a scrumpet is. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I've always heard that before. Like, oh, my little scrumpet. It's just, it's a mix between a scone and something else. I oh. That's... I did look it up. Well, there you go. It's like a little, I've always heard that. I'm like, my little scrumpet. I'm like, just a pet name for people, I guess. I'm a biscuit. Anthony LaPaglia, he's, he wakes up in the hospital. He's just in the, I guess they must be overflowing, but he's just in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Wakes up off of the gurney and runs home and grabs the gun. It's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. But even stranger as we cut back to now and Adam Sandler he has like a little bitty singing montage here to Rita Wilson's like I the songs like I wonder. I think they were like having dinner. Yeah, they're all like sitting down and Steve Martin has changed into like this red jacket which he's wearing on the cover of the VHS. Mm. Which the cover is him wearing a Santa hat and looking like, yeah, I made this movie. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what? Uh, Steve Martin gets pissed off because they're flirting. Uh, Adam Sandler and Rita Wilson are, so he throws this fruitcake out the window. Yeah, who does that? Who just throws shit out the window? Crazy people. Like, well, nutty people. Mixed nutty people. Mixed nuts people. Because downstairs, Madeline Kahn has got her car fixed by somebody, and the guy's like, there you go, that's going to fix it. And this fruitcake shatters her windshield. Yeah, that's scary. But she has had enough with the day. She is just, she needs to call the hotline right now. Well, she needs to get sexed up because what happens is she starts crying and the guy who walks dogs is like, oh, is there something I can do for you? And she's like, my dead husband (laughs) used to say that. (laughs) She always has to think about it. My dead husband's sayings. She's like, my dead husband used to say that. And so they they start making out and run to the beach to have sex. Yeah, right in front of the dogs. Uh, I know. Uh, you know. Those poor, poor, poor guys. Thank God they can't talk. Yeah. Uh, Rita Wilson's pissed off because she finds Lee Schreiber's like, cape that she was wearing. But Lee Schreiber comes back at this point and she's like, I forgot my cape. Yeah. And Rita Wilson's like, oh my God, it's a man dressed as a woman. That's no competition for me at all. Oh my word. I know. She's like, he's not going to like a man as a woman. Well, no, Steve Martin wouldn't. Uh, In this movie, no. Uh, As Schreiber starts to leave, Anthony LaPaglia shows up and he's pointing the gun like, God damn it, Julia Lewis, you're going to fucking take me back. He's psycho. Which is what? You can point a gun at people and yell at them to take you back. And why? Why? Why would he think that he would need a gun? I don't know, but Leif Schreiber starts to fight LaPaglia, and the gun goes off and shoots Leif Schreiber in the foot. Yeah, that that was kind of funny, because she just kind of goes crazy. Yeah, well, uh, Juliette Lewis is like, oh my god, you gotta be fucking careful with this, and she's like, I've gotta empty this gun out. She takes it from him. And starts shooting it in the apartment like, I'm going to empty this gun out so no one could get hurt. Shoot wildly. Shoot wildly. Oh, through the door of the the apartment. I'm again, like, just take the bullets out. Again, who does that? 
crazy people. <laughs> Makes nutty people. We've said it. As soon as she shoots through the door, they hear somebody with like ringing the buzzer at the front. Mm-hmm. And they think somebody's there at the front door and they open it and it's Gary Shanling, apartment complex owner, with a bullet in his head and he falls over dead. Yep. And it's like Julia Lewis has just murdered this man by, instead of put, taking the bullets out of the gun, shooting through the front door. Rita Wilson starts freaking out at this point, so Steve Martin takes her into the bathroom. <laughs> uh, Adam Sandler and Leif Schreiber are like flirting here at this point. Yeah. It's kind of funny because Leif Schreiber's like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't feel my foot. And Sandler's like, well, it doesn't look bad. It actually looks fine. It just barely graced her, yeah. her pinky toe. And he's all like, I will uh, go get you some of the uh, Tylenol with codeine. <laughs> and he's like, no, wait, wait, I'll get you a new print. I'm like, uh, codeine, codeine, please, codeine. Please, please, the codeine, thank you. But they're kind of flirting here, which I'm like, well, that's progressive for 1994. True. Because Sandler seems to kind of be in on it. Yeah. Or be into it. In the bathroom, Steve Martin's like, well, you know, would you like me to undress you to get you in this bath? And she's like, yes. I'm like, a man just got shot in the fucking head and you're horny at the moment? Yeah, like she's having a traumatic moment because she's freaking out that somebody just got shot. So, of course, what do you do? You you run a bath for somebody? Like yeah. if, if somebody got shot and you were in shock, I wouldn't think, oh my gosh, you got to get in a bath right now. I know. I don't know how that would calm her down, but, you know, Martin's like, oh, you know, I remember when we first met, your jacket was buttoned up wrong. So this woman may have the mentality of a child. Mm-hmm. Steve Martin met her. Her jacket was unbuttoned wrong. <laughs> She's in love and goes to meetings of adult alcoholic children. I Uh, think you're right. And she's like, you remember that? And he's like, I've never forgot it. And they start making out. And they lay down on the floor in between the toilet and the tub. One of the worst spots you can sleep in, like, lay down and have sex at. And again, who does that? This whole movie can be everything that happens. why? Who does that? I know. That does not happen. I would never make out next to a toilet unless I was completely drunk. I think I would. I would hope that I would have enough mind of my own left to be like, don't that where pee goes. Nope. Nope. If I was drunk, I probably wouldn't care. I know, dude. Honestly. Just um, being real. <laughs> uh, Steve Martin's ex shows up saying she wants to talk to Steve Martin and Juliette Lewis is like, oh, he's in the bathroom with Rita Wilson and closes the door on her. And this whole part could have been taken out. Like, why? Why is she showing up? What's the purpose? I don't know. It was just, so weird. That's what it put it together for me that they were dating. I was like, oh, she's not just his bank manager. <laughs> no, if you missed it at the first time, they just wanted to make sure you got it, that he had a fiance. Like, we got a lot of complaints of who the hell this woman was, so we need to put a scene where she comes in and it is clear that it's his girlfriend. Okay. Steve Martin and Rita Wilson come out. His pants are unbuttoned, of course. But mm. Juliette Lewis and Anthony LaPaglia are cutting limbs off of the Christmas tree that Steve Martin brought home at the beginning and gluing it onto Gary Shanling to make him look like a Christmas tree. And that's how they're going to carry the body out. Yep. They're going to disguise it. Because Anthony LaPaglia is like, well, we should we should take him and leave him at the boardwalk, I say. <laughs> and Adam Sandler is like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh... This this whole ending is just fucked up. It's very strange. Like they they do end up taking the body out. All of them come along with them. 
and they run into Madeline Kahn and the dog walker just coming back from having had sex for like 30 minutes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Madeline Kahn, they're like, oh, we're, we're going to go to the boardwalk and get rid of this tree, I guess. And she's like, well, I'm going to come with you. And they all run, go together. Yeah, of course, you know. Which I did put it in my notes that Juliette Lewis, for some reason, has been dressed up like the Virgin Mary in this scene. Thank you. I did that, too. I was like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. What's, what's happening? She's got like this. Like, she just looks like the Virgin Mary is the best I can describe it. Yeah. She's just got, like, a little shawl over her head, and a, I think she's got a long dress on. It's very... I'm like, okay. It's Christmas, and, and she's pregnant, so... She didn't have sex. She's immaculately concepted here. That, that's that. They get... They, you know, wouldn't you know what they run back into the skateboarder... Skateboard, the skaters from the beginning with another tree. At night. At night. Like... Why are you skating on the boardwalk at night with another tree? Christmas Eve. Sorry, if your tree is messed up, you're just not going to have a tree for Christmas. I know. Well, the rollerbladers are like, oh, well, we're going to destroy your fucking tree now. And to get it so they don't try and destroy it, they throw the tree up above them. They're like, no, you're not. And throw it. Yeah, because that's what you do. As it lands down, the... Body falls out, you know, like a hand falls out of the tree. Everybody's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and the, the cops are just like, boop, there. They joke. They're like, hey, we were right here. What's going on? And uh, Madeline Khan's like, wait a second. I know what happened here. He must have killed himself. And Steve Martin and Rita Wilson were so upset that they couldn't save him that they're trying to take his body out. Yeah. And instead of Steve Martin being like, that's fantastic. Yes, that's exactly what happened. He's like, no, no. And uh, there was a moment I forgot to mention earlier. Juliet Lewis is trying to talk to Steve Martin. And he's like, or she says, well, she always kind of has a southern draw. I don't know why I just thought of that now. But she's like, Steve Martin, if if uh, you turn me in, my baby's going to be born in prison. <laughs> and he's like, I promise you, though, it won't happen. <laughs> he does, uh, when she does shoot Gary Shandling, he takes the gun from her. Wipes the prince off and hands it back to her. Yeah, that was kind of funny. So he's like, uh, your prince can still be on this gun. Like, it's fine. You're a pregnant woman. They won't do anything. But when the police are like, oh, what happened? Steve Martin immediately is like, Juliet Lewis shot him in the fucking <laughs> face. <laughs> She's so nutty. She didn't empty the bullets from the gun and instead just fired them randomly. Wildly. Well, she probably killed somebody upstairs, too. I know. They're going to find out when they're like, at the end, when everything seems to be okay, mm-hmm. quote, quotations, they're going to realize that another bullet killed like a kid in the second floor. Like, Actually, you are going to have your baby in prison now. Yeah, for real. Um, the cops are going to be about to take her, you know, they're like, oh, well, we're, we're going to have to take you because, I mean, you killed somebody. Anthony LaPaglia grabs the gun and runs off. Oh, my gosh. While these police officers are not just immediately, like, shooting him for that, <laughs> they're just like, hmm, we're going to see where this goes. Like, yeah, let's just follow this guy and see what he does. Uh, which what he does is he climbs to the top of a building like he climbs the sign onto the top a tattoo parlor oh buildings yeah yeah it's got like this big sign and he climbs it like a ladder and then he's like i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) and i was like didn't juliet lewis empty all the bullets in that gun well maybe not because they took it away from her before she could really shoot again yeah before you could hear it click um but you know this is Suicide hotline. 
Which that you would think that would come back because yeah, he's like I'm gonna kill myself, and Julia Lewis is like, no, it they're not gonna put me away. I didn't mean to kill him, and it's like, yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's murder. Still, still murder. Like that's not how any of this works. But Steve Martin does, you know, put his training into good use here and talks him down. Yeah. He was like, oh, what was your first Christmas gift that you remember? And he's like, I got hub camps. <laughs> okay. But they talk him down. You know, Juliette Lewis is bawling and she's really bringing it here. And Anthony yeah. LaPaglia is like, cry. Come on, cry. I can't do it. Can somebody put some Vaseline in my eyes, please? <laughs> Pepper spray me before the scene. <laughs> he comes down and then at the end they're all sitting on a bench and the police are like, you know what, we're going to just take you all down to the station and figure out what the fuck really is going on here. Mm-hmm. This all sounds like a, what happened tonight to you guys sounds like a movie that I really wouldn't want to watch. Yeah, it's so mixed nut like that I just can't. You, you know, if, if they made a movie out of what happened, I think it would do terribly and Siskel and Ebert would hate it when they reviewed it. Yep. Which they did, I watched it before this, but Roger Ebert was like, I don't even want to talk about it. It sucks. Yeah. That's what he said. That's how we should have done the podcast. Yeah. The end. The shortest podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Well, the police are like, oh, we're going to find out what happened. You know, we're going to take the body of Gary Shandling. And Rita Wilson's like, oh, wait, here's his bag that he had. And, you know, make sure he's got it. And they open up the bag and there's all this strangling material in the bag. No. Gary Shandling was the seaside strangler. Yeah, so they just automatically assume that he's the guy. Yes. Just because he has this bag, which, yes, that does kind of point in his direction. But what if he found the bag outside? What if it was their bag and they said it was Gary Shandling's? Yeah. I mean, let's do some investigation here, police. That'd be a fucked up ending if, like, Rita Wilson's like, oh, how did you know that that was Gary Shandling's bag? And Steve Martin's like, it's not. It was mine. It was mine. <laughs> <laughs> But the cops are like, wow, it looks like you killed the Seaside Strangler. You're free to go. She's like, oh, is there a reward for that? Yeah, $250,000. Oh, my gosh. You saved Christmas. I'd be like, look, you ended up killing a guy. You didn't think it was a guy at the end that was a murderer. You didn't think he was like a strangler at the time you killed him. So you still accidentally killed a person. Yes, it is still murder and you can still go to prison. Yeah, and instead of, like, questioning any of these people, they're like, oh, you're free to go, you're free to go, here's your check. That is insane. Yeah. Like, that is the most wildest thing ever. And and I'm like, okay, we all know movies aren't real, these are right. fiction. But, but I'm just like, what if some poor soul thinks that, yes, if you murder a murderer, this is okay? I know, like, Dexter, in the show Dexter, I didn't, from what I understand happened in the ending, he didn't get a medal for murdering all these people. Mm-mm. They were like, you killed the Seaside Strangler, and you're going to get $250,000 for it. And you're probably going to get, like, a medal. Yeah. You know, come down to the station, we'll get you a medal. You're just, you're a hero. Yeah, let this hero go. Oh, my gosh. And Juliette Lewis is like, oh, Steve Martin, I can pay for your business. And he's like, it's $5,000. You do that? And she very quickly is like, oh, Five thousand dollars. Nope, nope, can't do it. She's like, fine, fine, and they're like, Christmas is saved. <laughs> now, if you think that that's fucked up, now they're like, oh, 
like, three, two, one, it's Christmas, yay, we did it, and then Steve Martin's like, do you know what I want to get you for Christmas? Let's get married. What? I'm like, no, you you guys need to obviously work on yourselves. Yeah, you guys have a lot of work to do. He basically was like, well, I paid for everything, I was going to get married in four months anyway, you want to jump in here since I my other one <laughs> quit? And And before this, Juliet Lewis... Um, goes into labor. Yeah. Wouldn't you know it? She's just dressed for it. It is Christmas Eve. Yeah. What does one do if they're dressed like Virgin Mary and they're pregnant? You have a baby. Well, I put a baby. <laughs> a baby. <laughs> you have a shrimp on the barber. <laughs> well, I I put that in my notes. I was like, oh, this baby's born on Christmas, this poor bastard. Yeah, my your, mom's, your mom. Yeah. My mom has a Christmas birthday, and she was, she did not like it. No, or does not like it. I, I don't she, blame her. Her, her grandma, her mom, my grandma's birthday was Christmas Eve. So it's kind of fuck, wow. fucking crazy. Celebrate her birthday, and then my mom's the next day. Hmm. That's but a my lot. my mom was always like, "It sucks. Nothing's open. Can't go anywhere. Yeah. People are celebrating with their families." I can't imagine how that would be as a kid. You'd just be like, oh, can I have a birthday party? Like, not on your birthday. No. Another thing that drives me wild about this is that at some point, Steve Martin made a comment that it was like midnight. Mm -hmm. So they're at midnight. She's having a baby. And there's like a thousand people. Where did all these other people come from? Who are these people? I guess they were all like, oh, there's like some guy's about to blow his brains out on top of a building. Let's go watch. Let's go watch. And then, oh, somebody's having a baby. Let's watch that because that's fascinating. It turns into the end of the Grinch where they're all like surrounded singing almost, you know, like, da bum or however they sing in there. Mm. Like all these people are around like, well, I'm a little disappointed I didn't get to see this guy kill himself, but I guess we're going to celebrate Christmas here. Yeah, it was weird is what I put in my notes. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, a ton of people show up, and uh, when Juliet Lewis is giving birth, Rob Reiner is still there, and he's like, don't worry, it's going to be fine, and she's like, are you a vet? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, you know. That's kind of funny. <laughs> but they fade out, and I'm like, whew, this movie sucked ass, and then it comes back. No! I'm like, this movie's still going! I can't believe it! But... Like the next morning or something, we pan over to a wall and Anthony LaPaglia has painted like little murals of everything that has happened. Yep. There's a guy with a gun to his head. There's a transgender woman. Adam Sandler and Leif Schreiber fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Getting it all. Yeah. Uh, and thankfully, that is the end of the movie. Yes. I hated it. I did not love it. I was just like, this sucked. I, I We got done, and I was like, this may be the worst one we did this year. This this was something. I can't even. I can't. Uh, yeah. I don't even know how it would have been made better. I think if it would have been made into like some kind of horror movie. Yes. That would have been great. Called The Seaside Strangler. Lean into that Seaside Strangler a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, bring that up more. Maybe show a murder. You know? Yeah. They are people that work at a suicide hotline, and you know what? The Seaside Strangler is targeting one of them. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And he calls and stalks them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> like, it's not a wacky comedy. It's not a dark comedy, however you'd call it, but yeah. 
no, it it sucked. I was like, this this movie was terrible. Yep. And to, and for Nora Ephron to do Sleepless in Seattle, which was critically acclaimed, an mm. Oscar nominated movie. What is she gonna do next? Oh, she's doing mixed nuts. She's following it up with oh, this God. piece of shit. Poor girl. So uh, that's it. I'll immediately forget about this movie now that we don't have to talk about it. Yeah, boy. I'm telling you, if you happen to like this episode, we really hope you at least got something out of it. Uh, please tell a friend. Let them know how cuckoo crazy we are and to listen to us because you never know what we're going to say because we're unscripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. If you make a comment on either one of those on any post that we have, we will shout you out, which we haven't had a comment for a while. So I'm really sad. So if somebody could just go out there and comment like, hi, I will shout you out. Yeah. Just say, Hey, how you doing? Tell us you're doing okay. You can even do dot, dot, dot. And I will shout you out. <laughs> Mother lover said dot, dot, dot. (laughs) He happens to love his mother. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not just his. Okay. Well, the next time that we get together or release an episode, it will be on January 1st, which is our two-year anniversary. And the new year. And the new year be 2024. Wow. A lot happened in this year. Yep. We'll have a lot to talk about. But we will be doing a movie. That is something based upon what we did our very first movie on. So if you look back through our our movies, we did Cellular as our first movie, which was directed by David R. Ellis. Mm -hmm. So we thought it would be fun as a two-year anniversary to do another movie by him, Shark Night, also called Shark Night 3D. Love it. I have seen it, and it is terrible. So stay tuned. Stay tuned to that. It'll be, I think it'll be something fun to talk about and wild craziness. Mm-hmm. So hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. We'll see you in the new year. Bye-bye.